0: Welcome back to the Rectify, Setting the Record Straight. I'm your host, Kiana Sanchez, aka Keo, and I'm back with you with another episode. Today's episode is episode 13. The title of this episode will be called Letting Go and Letting God. The reason why I chose to name this episode Letting Go and Letting God is because there's many things as believers in Christ that we're holding on to that God has commanded us to let go, to be changed. And to allow him to lead us and guide us in our life. And as believers, you know, sometimes we have a hard time letting go of certain things. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode. So let's get into today's episode. I'm glad to be back with you guys with another episode. Because this episode, I just really hope that it opens people's understanding to what I'm about to say. Because I I have been thinking about this for a while, and I just didn't know how to put it into words just yet. But as I was talking to my husband last night, I just kind of, like, put it out there. And he was like, yeah, yeah, do your episode on that. So, like, pretty much, I was sitting in my room, and I was just thinking to myself, like, Lord, why do we, like, limit ourselves, let alone limit you? Like, we make excuses to why we keep sinning. We make excuses to why we can't live without spot or blemish. Because, like, be honest with yourself. Like, as believers, we say things like, oh, you know, we're going to sin until the day we die. That's not what God wants from us. Like, I don't know what, like, just to put it like this. I don't know what Bible you're reading, but in the Bible that I read, he clearly tells us to, you know, go and sin no more he tells us not to continue in sin so why do we continue to make excuses for it and like this is why I had to draw myself away from religion this is why I had to draw myself away from Christianity because even though some people don't want to admit it they still have this watered down version of you know being a follower in Christ and Christianity today isn't the Christianity that was you know spoken of in the Bible And it's not that they were Christians in the Bible. This was a name given to them by the people of Antioch. That the the disciples received this name from the people of Antioch to be recognized as believers and followers in Christ. And just as Dr. Miles Monroe said, he said the 20th and 21st century Christianity isn't the same Christianity that it was intended to be. And it's not that there was supposed to be any type of Christianity. God didn't come to establish religion. He never did. He never said he was. He said his intent and purpose was to reestablish his kingdom in the earth so that we as his people can be reunited with him, freed from our, you know, our our sin and return to him as children and depend on him and be rulers in the earth, not being ruled by, you know, everyone in doctrine and demons and things like that. But one of my biggest issues in my faith has been always constantly battling with sin, or not just sin, but, like, just arguments about the word of God. Like, I truly used to get into, like, disputes with people and that's not what I wanted because just like it says in Isaiah 58 when God talked about fasting like I have this like narrative about fasting I won't say narrative but I have this idea of fasting that I truly believe the Holy Spirit gave me because it just makes sense and I know some people may not look at it that way or they may perceive it another way but understand what I'm saying Like, I just encourage everybody to go back and study for themselves and get their word from the Holy Spirit. Because fasting as we know it, I truly believe that's not what we ought to do. That's not what God has required of us to do. I know in the Old Testament, people went days without eating and things like that. But as I've been studying on fasting, it's not just merely going without food and stuff. Of course, you're seeking God in this time. But and this time is basically undoing your own ways and doing the ways of God. Because if you read in Isaiah 58, it's talking about fasting. He says, this is not the fast I've chosen, but this is. And he was like, most of you fast to strike with the iron, you know, to strike with the wicked fist. You, you uh, fast to scrife and debate. And that's not what he wants from us. He wants us to have relationship with not only him but our brothers and sisters in Christ those who are also followers of him he wants us to love each other equally and to love even those who aren't of his you know kingdom just yet and as believers like we tend to over like the best way I can put it is we turn we tend to over-religiousize the bible We make it so religious to where we can't see the message that is in it because he says in his word that he makes all the hidden things, the hidden mysteries and knowledge known to those who are sons of God, who are his children, who are receptive to the truth and are believing of the truth. And I just kind of got tired of being swayed by everything. I wanted to have a firm foundation, a firm understanding of the truth. And I was like, Lord, I want to understand this better. So I intentionally not only set myself apart from people, but I set myself apart from every other understanding just so I can get my understanding from God. I'm not saying this to say, like, oh, I'm better than the next person or I know more than you or anything. Like, no, I literally had to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to understand this better. Help me understand it. And he led me to. Uh, study on Dr. Miles Monroe's teachings about the kingdom. And so far, it's literally, like, changed a lot of what I have thought I understood. And it's not like everything I've learned in the past was wrong. It's just majority of it was taught from a religious standpoint, and it didn't come from kingdom. And it's like, many of these things in the Bible... We try to conform it to our reality when it's supposed to be in the likeness of the kingdom of God. Because whenever Jesus talked about parables, he didn't compare these parables to, you know, just merely our everyday lives to say that, oh, this is how your life ought to be. No, he was saying that if you be in the kingdom and you understand the kingdom, this is how you should operate and this is how your life ought to be because of the kingdom. But he wasn't telling us that, oh, you know, in this life, you can have, you know, good things for now. And then you just go to heaven. Like everybody is so set on heaven. They're so set on heaven. And God wants us to change the earth now. He wants us to be in the earth to change it now. Because when Jesus comes back, he's creating a new heaven. and Well, he's reestablishing a new heaven and new earth. This isn't going to be the same earth or, you know, the same heaven is going to be a heaven and earth that is completely pure with no, you know, no hurt, no sorrows, no failure, no nothing. And too many of us are set on getting to heaven. We're just like, oh, well, I'm ready to leave this earth because this earth is terrible when God is trying to get us to reestablish his goodness in the earth. Like, when I came to this realization that when Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, well, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was letting us know, like, the kingdom is now. Either get with it or get left. And I know to some people that may sound rough and it may come off as, you know, well, he's giving me an ultimatum. I'm like, no, he's giving you an option, not only to choose life. But he's saying, you can either change your mind, receive the kingdom, and live in the kingdom even now before you know physical death may occur, or you can choose you know to live the way that you were before and just continue to die. There'd be no progress in your life; you just die and i literally, like I literally had no words to say. Once I started getting this revelation, because I was like, I thought I, I knew more than what I thought I knew. When in actuality, I didn't even really have an understanding of the kingdom. And the more that I began to read into not only the word of God, but I started to read it from a kingdom perspective. I started seeing things completely different. Like, this lie that's being taught in a church that, oh, God doesn't want you to be, you know, successful or to be, you know, prosperous in this life. I was like, that's a lie. We're being told to be poor is to be, you know, very much more honorable in God's sight. When that's not true. God didn't call for us to be, you know, surviving out here. Because, like, this is the best way I can explain it. The other day when I was out and about with my husband, I was studying in my Bible and I was reading about suffering. And I know people say this scripture a lot where they say, you know, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. They look at that and, they, you know, they refer to the violent man as the, the church when that's not who we are at all. We're not the violent man. The violent man is every demonic, you know, spiritual wickedness out there in high places. Just like it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And Jesus was letting people know, he said, since John, because John came preaching repentance and kingdom. He said, since the days of John, since repentance and kingdom came about the kingdom of heaven, the people who are, you know, coming into this thing. They're gonna to have to withstand the violent man. we're gonna to have to be able to endure not in a sense to survive, but we're going to have to be able to push back against the enemy because when we're submitted to God, the enemy will resist the i mean we'll be able to resist the enemy and he'll flee and He was letting them know like now that the kingdom in repentance has been preached, he said, you're gonna to have to withstand the enemy daily." Because he's going to try and take this thing from you by force. Because it's a power you're operating against. That's what force is. Force is a power. So in other words. He's saying. Since the days of John the Baptist. My people. They're going to have to withstand. All these things. Because they're going to be trying to take these things. By force. He wants us to understand like. If you understand your authority and your position, you will know how much more you have against the enemy and what the enemy don't have against you. That's why when he says, "No weapon formed against you shall prosper." Because even though these weapons and these things are are formed against us, God will allow it not to prosper. And I know people will be like, "Well, what about Job?" No, listen to what I'm saying. When you understand that God is all you need, no matter how great the attack is, we'll be able to withstand. Because just like it says, I believe it's either in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians. But just as it says, he says, you know, God will give us a way of escape every single time. And he'll make us to stand. He will make us to stand. I had to truly find that scripture, but... We don't have to rely on our own strength or anything like that. And I know people will be like, well, God wants us to be poor. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He wants us to have more than enough so that we can help others. Not so that we can lavish in it and and rub it in other people's face. He wants us to have more than enough so that we can be able to help those who need it. Because that's what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is about... Us living off the richness of him and not ourselves. It's everything that he owns that we're able to have a part of because we're his children. And another thing that just didn't like sit well with me about Christianity today is this. It's like people are coming up with so many different terms and things like that. They're coming up with so many different Things. Meaningless things to be exact. And these things don't benefit us at all. Like it's terms I've heard and I'm like, what is even this? Like what does this have to do with with this or that? Like we're coming up with so many different names of things to sound good and convincing to people. And it's not even true. Like, here's a kicker generational curses people i know people will be like yeah you know i'm i'm breaking every generational curses and cycles listen everything we do is a choice everything we do we do not have to follow in the footsteps of our parents because if you read in ezekiel chapter 18 you'll see where it says that where it literally says should a man Well, should a child be punished for his father's sins? Certainly not, because if the father committed the sins, why must the child suffer also? Now, people have to understand this. Your actions and your choices of sin can indeed affect other people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to go through something just because you went through it. It's all about choice. And sadly, many people they still take the route that they know because they don't know truth. It's not, it has nothing to do with generational curses. And I know some people will go back to the scripture where it says, and um, I believe it's in exodus where it talks about, oh, if you do this or commit this type of sin, it'll be passed down to your third generation or the sixth generation or something of that nature. I know people will use that scripture, but that wasn't talking about what you think it's talking about. But I just encourage people to always, you know, go to God about things because there's so much stuff that we have took on in the name of religion, thinking that it's in Christ and it's not. Like people have this mindset, like, for example, with the, Beat- the Beatitudes, where it talks about, you know, he who is poor in spirit, you know, uh, I forgot how that scripture goes. I'm actually going to grab my Bible so I can say it the correct way. But we twist these scriptures to our own benefit or to make ourselves feel good without actually really having an understanding of them. Or we, you know, see what it says and we just don't try to perceive it in the light that the Holy Spirit gives us. But just as it says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, it's a person who realizes their lack. They understand they need and have need for their spirit. And we know that once we realize and recognize we need God, then guess what? We can receive him. He said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So to be poor in spirit is to have a desire. Poor isn't merely being Without money. No, it's saying you realize you have a lack. There's a lacking. And what did Jesus, well, what did God say in Hosea 4 and 6? He said, My people perish for a lack of knowledge. So if we lack in something that, you know, we need, we're perishing because of it. But when we recognize our lack and we pursue what we are in lack of, then then you'll be filled you'll have all that you need but i just want to encourage people like i didn't even want this episode to be super long but i just want to encourage people to let go of religion to let go of their own understanding to let go of their own ways because look at how it's done you know look at how that went for the israelites They had all they could need and more, and yet because they were so caught up in the ways and traditions of the Egyptians, they still went after the very same things that God had to deliver them from. The same things that put them in bondage, they kept going back to. And God is like, why do y'all do this to yourself?" It's because you're not trusting me. And I want to trust God so wholeheartedly to where my whole life just looks like him and people will want to receive him because of it. Like, we don't know how to let go and let God. We just let everything, like, for even even an example, when it comes down to our finances, I know people will be like, well, money don't just fall out the sky. That's because you're thinking that way. If God wanted to, he could. But I'm not saying, you know, expect things to happen that way all the time. It's just expect God to, you know, provide for you. It's like we have to have an expectation on God, you know, to help us in wherever we lack. And we shouldn't keep going back and forth in our minds about, well, I don't know if I should do this or how I'm going to do this because this and that. Like, we just simply have to trust him. Like, I literally had this, like, thought come to mind, which I knew it was from the Holy Spirit. But he was like, how can you... Be joined to someone that you don't even trust because I had just seen a video where this lady was talking about, oh, you know, I, I signed this prenup with them. Um, well, I was trying to convince my ex to sign a prenup with me. We were engaged and he tried to get me to sign a prenup. And yet when I asked him to sign my prenup, he was all like, no, this isn't fair. This and that and blah, blah, blah. Like this when she was saying all these things. I said this is literally how we are with God. We're saying, well, you've promised me this and that, so I'm going to give you this, and I want this. But you can't do anything against me, because if you do, then you don't trust me. Yet, we don't even trust God. And a lot of us don't even realize we're doing it, but we're handing God over a prenup, and we're like, I want you to give me all the things in my life. You can't have the things I want, and this and that. I'm not willing to give this up or give that up, et cetera. And we do these things. And it's all because we don't want to give our entirety to him. We don't trust him. Because that's what prenups are. Prenups are basically coming into agreement with a person that you don't even trust. Because just in case things don't work out, then at least you still have all you want. But what good is it to have all the things you want and this and that while you're so-called trying to have a relationship with God, which is actually portrayed as religion? And get in the end, you get nothing. Because you held so tight onto the things that you already had before that he was trying to let you, help you to let go of so y'all can have better. Like, that's why, as believers, we just truly have to let go and let God. Let go of what you think you know, and let him teach you. He said he... You know, we'll reveal these things to those who truly ask him. And if we don't trust God as we say we do, then how can we just truly allow him to operate in our lives the way that he wants to? We look at God saying he has a purpose and a plan for us as if he's going to give us this terrible plan that we don't want and we're going to be miserable because of it. Like, I'm going to be the first to say I was one of those people who was afraid to let go of my ideas and plans because I'm like, well, God, I'm not sure if it's going to work out the way that, you know, you claim it will because I want this and I want that. And we do these things to ourselves. We sabotage ourselves because we think we know better than God. We think we have greater plans and ideas than him when he knows to beginning to the end. And we just have to simply give it over to him. Like, that's our biggest issue. Our biggest issue is letting go. We need to let go of our own plans, our own ideas. We have to let go of religion. We have to let go of always trying to, you know, be right with God, you know, in a sense of our own understanding. Like, I'm just truly tired of putting a a blanket over the things of God. Just to still make myself feel secured in my own ideas and plans. Like we have to truly just let go and let God. Because the moment that we do, we begin to see our lives change in such a way that we've never seen it before. That's the beauty of following him and trusting him. Don't set yourself up for failure because you're afraid of what may come. We won't have fear for the future if we trust God in all that we do, even with the little things. Like I've seen God make my life so beautiful in ways that I can't even explain. And to still not trust him is a crazy thing. That's why I have to ask him to help my unbelief. So I encourage each and every person who listens to this podcast. Just truly seek the kingdom because he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all the things that you are in need of will be added to you. You don't have to put on this fancy facade or this religious, you know, show or anything like that. You just truly have to seek his word, not just his word, but seek him, seek his face. And allow him to, you know, reveal himself to you. But on that note, this is rectify, Set in Record Straight. I'm your host, Kiana Sanchez, a.k.a. Kio. This is episode 13. And I just pray that this blesses whoever, you know, listens to this. Like, I just really encourage people to just let God be God. Let God be true and every man be a liar. All right, y'all be blessed.